0: Hello everybody, thank you for joining us once again for our online service. Before we get into God's Word this morning, I want to take an opportunity to thank all of you for your generosity and for the way in which you have been so helpful during these past seven months. It has been wonderful for me to be part of the behind the scenes in what has been happening over this time. People have been generous with their finances. People have put together food parcels. Life groups have got together to help individuals on a one-on-one basis. People have been helping one another. And I've just seen the incredible gratitude and thankfulness of so many people who've been on the receiving end of that Uh, Terry and I had an opportunity to go out to Capricorn and to Lavender Hill to speak with the pastors there to, to discover how much of a difference our solidarity fund has made as we've been helping people. So many emails have come back to us from people in our local church that we've been helping and we've been assisting over these months. And all I want to say is this has been a great time where the church has rallied together and made such a difference to so many people. Thank you. Thank you and thank you again for doing that. Now, as we come to God's word this morning, we are starting a brand new series, which we've entitled Burning on Your Heart. And this has given each one of us an opportunity to address the issue that's burning on our hearts at the moment. And the topic that I have chosen, especially as we slowly but surely come out of lockdown, the topic that I've chosen is reimagining church. Now I've spent a lot of time uh, reflecting and reimagining what what church can be like, and especially what our meetings can be like uh, when we get together again. Isn't it true to say that the lockdown has given all of us an opportunity to reflect on what we've been doing? It's given us an opportunity to reevaluate what's important and what's not so important. And it's also given us, hopefully, an opportunity to reprioritize what we're doing and why we're doing it. I'm hoping today that out of this exercise, where we reimagine church, this is going to change why we meet together and what we do when we meet together. Now, when we go back to the descriptions we have of the early church in the Bible, we discover that believers prioritized certain things because of the perspective they had of church and what church was all about. The church is made up of people who come together because they love God and they love one another. People didn't just go to meetings because they felt that meetings were important. People came together in the church because they loved God and loved one another. And so as they were able to be together, they were able to be together with people they loved. They wanted to fellowship with people they loved. They wanted to minister to to one another. The church is a a community of believers who who model their lives on the life of Jesus and on the teachings of Jesus. We don't just do what we're doing because we've got a good idea, but we, we look at the life of Jesus and we discover how he lived, how he lived in community and the way that he ministered and the way that he served. And we model our lives on that as well. The church is made up of people from all walks of life who sees them, see themselves as ambassadors of Christ in the world. That's what Paul uh, said when he was writing to the Corinthian church. He, he spoke about the, the fact that we're ambassadors of Christ, that, that God speaks through us as his people, that we represent him in the world as we move around. The church is, is made up of a group of people who know and understand they are part of a bigger family we are not just christians in and of our own right but we are part of god's family and so being part of the because we are part of god's family we meet together and you know the church is a gathering of people where god is present by his spirit do you remember that scripture that says where where two or three are gathered together there i am in the midst of them or the other scripture that says that together we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so the perspective that we've got of church gives meaning to what we do when we come together. Believers meet together because the influence of others is important to their walk and their faith with God. In Hebrews chapter 10, we read these verses. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. And you know, this these verses were written to believers who were facing persecution and there was a great concern that they would stop meeting together as a result of what they were facing. And, you know, while our personal faith is really, really important, and I don't want to minimize it for a second, the influence that other Christians have is something that we must, must not lose sight of. We mustn't undervalue uh, because of the times that we are living in. You know, the belief that we can go it alone or that it's not all that important to meet together needs to be challenged because that's not God's intention for his church. It's when we meet together that people can encourage one another and spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I don't know about you, but I can quite easily become Quite self-absorbed. And it's as I meet together with other believers that I keep being challenged that I'm here to, to love other people, I'm here to serve the Lord, not just become self-absorbed. You know, when we meet together, there's, there's an environment of, of faith and trust in God that encourages us in our own walk with God. I don't think we always realize just how how important good times of corporate worship where God's word is preached in the power of the Holy Spirit or praying together goes towards encouraging us in our faith and our walk with God. Our perspective of church makes a huge difference to why we meet together. And when we value encouraging one another, it makes sense for us to meet together. Now, the reason that the the church meets together is that this is where we exercise our spiritual gifts in the body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26, Paul is instructing the Corinthian believers on their conduct, especially when it comes to the use of spiritual gifts in the church uh, as they met together. And he says this, verse 26, what shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction or a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. And listen to this. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. And what Paul is saying is that when we come together like this, something really special starts to happen. As people minister to one another, we encounter the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that, isn't that something quite amazing? You know, it's, it's, it's something I've been thinking about quite a lot. That as people are ministering, when we come together, we begin or I begin to en- encounter the ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. In 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 12, Paul is talking about <clears throat> pardon me, the spiritual gifts that God has given to his church. And he says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. And then he adds now to each one, a manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good to each one of us a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And what's very obvious here is that the spiritual environment that we are exposed to when we meet together will strengthen and edify and encourage us. When we come together, there's to be both giving and receiving. That's important. You know, in our church culture, culture today. It's so easy to meet together to receive. I'm going to receive from the preacher. I'm going to receive from somebody else. But I think it's something we have to be very intentional about as we start meeting together, that we are here to both give and to receive. And you know, it definitely changes our perspective of church and meeting together when we know that we will encounter the Holy Spirit in this way as people minister to one another. Another reason the church comes together is to set time aside for worship, fasting, and prayer. We have a a description of this in in the church in Antioch in Acts chapter 13. It says, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaon, who'd been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshipping the Lord together and fasting, the Holy Spirit says to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to the work to which I have called them. And so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. And what we have over here is a description of a very meaningful spirit led time of worship along with prayer and fasting. And it was during this time that the believers in Antioch had an opportunity to consider what God was saying to them as a church. And as a result of that, there was this initiative launched where Barnabas and Saul are set apart so that the gospel could continue to expand. Corporate times of worship and prayer had an important place. In the early church, which resulted people stepping out in faith because they believed that God had spoken to them. Isn't this something really exciting that that when we come together like this, we can hear the Lord speaking. We can discern and listen to what God is saying to us. And that can cause us to take steps of faith so that the gospel can continue to be extended. What's interesting is that through the ages, every great work of God has come about as the result of praying and obeying. Here we've got... An opportunity to see this in action. The church in Antioch, a time of spirit led worship, there was prophetic ministry. People were hearing what God was saying to them. They were evaluating this and they came to the conclusion that God had spoken, the Spirit of God had spoken to them. And so, what they do with that, because they believed the Lord had spoken to them, they set apart Barnabas and Saul to the work or for the work that God had called them. And as a result of that, we see the gospel continuing to extend. Another reason the church comes together is because of the value believers place on discipleship and equipping. There are two scriptures I want us to look at here. The first one is from Acts chapter 2. It's a description of the early church and the second one is from Ephesians chapter 4. But let's have a look at that Acts chapter 2 scripture first. Verse 42, they devoted themselves, speaking about these early believers, to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And then if we, if we fast forward to Ephesians chapter 4, as Paul is writing uh, to this church in Ephesus, of Christ you know in the early church there was a dynamic happening that we can't ignore and we can't manufacture there was a spiritual vibrancy that was evident because of the impact of the outpouring of the spirit in the church and there can be absolutely no doubt That the outpouring of the Spirit brought a spiritual vibrancy to the church, which led to a continual devotion to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to to prayer, and to the breaking of bread. And you know, while there was some degree of organization in in what was happening, there was obviously a, a zeal and passion that came about as a result of the work of the Spirit Uh, in believers lives. You know what made their meetings so meaningful was not the eloquence of the preacher or or the ability of the worship leader. It was because there was a passion in the hearts of people for God. It was a passion that was birthed because of the outworking of the uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Remember that song by by matt Redman, i'm coming coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you lord coming back to the heart of worship what is it the heart of worship it's all about him a passion for god and a zeal for god when we look at these four reasons that i've explored uh, about the church coming together we've got to ask ourselves what does this mean for us today? What does this mean for the church post-COVID? As we, as we come out of this time, we've been limited and restricted. And as we are able to start meeting together, what does this mean for us as a church? Well, I want to share with you two things that stand out for me. The first is that the lockdown down has highlighted a very important dynamic that we all need to take notice of. And it's that every believer in our church needs to be properly discipled so as to be able to disciple somebody else who has come to faith in Jesus. Can I say that again? That every believer in our church needs to be properly discipled so that they are able to disciple somebody else who comes to faith in Jesus. You know, when I look back at my own spiritual journey in some of the great churches that I've been able to be part of and attend, I, I, I've become aware of the fact that there was no real intentional process of discipleship that, that was taking place in those churches. What I, what I learned along the way has been a bit of hit and miss, and, and being discipled has taken a lot longer than what it should have Because I was not put through a a definite program where I was being discipled as a follower of Jesus. But the second thing is that lockdown has also made us acutely aware of the fact that every believer needs to be properly equipped to be able to serve and do works of service in the enabling or through the enabling of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's why they were apostolic and prophetic and evangelistic and pastor-teacher people. And they were, Paul instructs them and he enlists them to equip people to do the work that God intended them to be doing. God's plan was never for the work of the church to rest on the shoulders of a few individuals, but on all of us. And so he he says to them that, that they need to be equipped To be able to do this. Remember that verse that I read. He has given apostles. And prophets. And pastors. And teachers. And evangelists. For the equipping of the saints. For works of service. And you know. If the whole church gets mobilized. In this way. Can you imagine. What the church can be like. You know, we must make every effort to ensure that our meetings count for more. The church exists to make disciples, to be a kingdom community, and to ensure that Jesus is known and he is being, being made known. We're not here to do it all on our own. We are here to do it together through the enabling The Spirit, and I'm reminded of the fact that we're not lone rangers in this journey. God has called us to serve together, to be His family, and to be a team of people who are serving Him together. We are to surround ourselves with like minded people who will spur us on, who will encourage us to keep going in this. You know, there are times when we get weary and we lag and we may even get distracted. But as we keep spurring one another another on and encouraging each other, we will keep on with this journey and this calling that God has given to us as his church. We are here to be a spirit led community where God's word, God's standard and God's will is to be our priority The day is here when we we want to ensure that every single believer gets hold of this truth because of what we are trusting God to do in the time that we still have left. As you look around and as I look around, we see the days are evil. We see the trouble that there is. But may I also say there's an amazing opportunity for the church at the moment to do ministry, to share our faith, to be used of the Lord incredible open door and opportunity at the moment and i'm certainly trusting god that every one of us will be equipped and properly discipled that we will know how to serve and to use our spiritual gifts in such a way that god is able to use his church in these days in which we are living may i challenge you again as i have been speaking about this topic reimagining church just imagine The church as God intended it to be. You'll never be bored for one minute coming to a church service or being part of a life life group when we are so acutely aware of what God intended his church to be like. So let's take a moment to pray together. My Father, I really want to thank you for the model that you had in your mind and what you had in your heart for your church, Lord, a church that was vibrant, a church where people were alert to and, and aware of the work of the Spirit, a church where people were, were were loving you and loving one another, a church where people were exhibiting the power of the Holy Spirit at work in their lives, a church where there was joy and where people rejoiced in being able to be together, a, a church where people really loved to fellowship, they loved to pray together. Um, they love to break bread and, and just remember what you had done in their lives. And Father, I want to pray in this t- in this new season that lies ahead of us, as we reimagine church, may there be a greater vibrancy and a greater wonder and a greater willingness to serve you and to be the people that you intended us to be. And I pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen.